welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Protzman. On this podcast, Chris and I offer a spontaneous, ongoing conversation about how music is intertwined with healing and consciousness. Our first season helped lay the foundation and build some of the superstructure for what we want to do here in Season 2, where we'll be welcoming some intriguing guests, going deeper into ancient mysteries and wisdom, and cultivating your background knowledge and curiosity. We hope these discussions will inspire your own study and practice of the musical and healing arts, and that your contribution to advancing world consciousness will be satisfying for you and transformative to those around you. Let's get started. It's the new year. <clears throat> it is. I, it's, I love this. So Chris just asked me offline, so what, how you been doing? And um, I wanted to hit record because this t- like ties right into our topic today, man. It's just, it's so much in the lane. So I have spent the last three hours of my life in tech support, screen share, chat, you name it, with um, a very large company whose name begins with Z and contains four letters. And they run my CRM for people who want to know. But, um, you know, I've, I've, this isn't my first rodeo. I've been around a while. And I was going to send out, you know, like a marketing campaign this morning. It's now one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, cut and paste, you know, zip, zip, whatever. I'll just uh, load my new leads, bang, send, done. No. <laughs> because, you know, for my protection and to update all the features and whatever, there's a new update, right? So I got to do the new integration and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, an hour later with tech support, that's done because there were bugs and I had to clear my cache and cookies. <laughs> and finally had to log into some incognito window in another browser and blah, blah, blah. And another company got involved. GoDaddy get Daddy got involved. Anyway, finally got everything set up to where I could proceed to the next place. And I've been in that next place now. You can still hear them bleeping in the background. See, hopefully they'll go away soon. I've been in that next place because, you know, there's a field that I have to map. I have to show, and the field is called email opt-out in one module, and it's called email, uh, send email in the other module. And you can't map that field because it's logically incorrect, right? So I pointed this out and just made a custom field and I, you know, I'm on my way, I'm doing it. It's all fine. But those few little things have taken three hours, dude. (laughs) chat share screen whatever i mean and it's you have to wait but it's so impersonal it's not like having a conversation right so um i've discovered though because i can get really you know wound up on tech support with you know people who don't speak the english language that that's a great opportunity to practice so fortunately i have the keyboard right here so i can sit at my desk monitor the chat window and play the piano to my heart's content. <laughs> so you find me in this great place to have this conversation right now about the topic that you brought up earlier, which is just so key. It just We want to talk about how music creates those relationships, right? You can't have a musical relationship with somebody on a chat screen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but if you can keep your balance, right? So music is keeping my balance so that I can continue to be this you know, this humble customer who's appreciative of every tiny little drop of insight and wisdom that gets sent my way. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's amazing that you had the piano right there for you because uh, a lot of the time people are on those those holds and 
you're oh, yeah. in transit or you're somewhere else and you're not yeah. able to like sink into that beautiful sitting in traffic yeah you know so great, great that you at least had it that's awesome yeah yeah <clears throat> and it beats music on hold i mean it oh music my god on hold is, is better but it's like the same music over and over yeah but we want to talk about something that's like even more than just like the background or self-intervention because it's about how we relate to each other in music how music is like the glue the social glue right yeah which is a fantastic idea so um so that's my that's my rant but i'm really really glad to be talking about this right now because the whole morning has just put me in the mood right <laughs> for some human connection over music <laughs> thank well, you brother fair enough. <clears throat> fair enough you know it's like i think it's like tech support and taxes are the two most fun things to be on hold for right seriously so, oh man uh, always <clears throat> exercises a lot of uh patience and uh you know inner uh zen peacefulness yeah, to try to keep yourself from ripping your hair out right uh, which sometimes is inevitable and then you got to just go with the hair ripping side of things yep um great that you had the instrument though you know what inspired me to even bring up the topic today to really talk about the the bonding aspect of music and just how unbelievably um glue like it is in human relationships and friendships and connection and uh, I had a couple of instances, you know, this just this last weekend, um, you know, one of my my uh, New Year's intentions, my, one of my intentions for 2024 is just to have more community uh, moments, more more events and connection in community, conscious, consciously connecting. Um, and when I say consciously, I just I mean, like, you know, everyone's coming together to really form nice bonds with each other and have fun and to enjoy each other's company and <clears throat> maybe not get too bogged down into like how much we're drinking or smoking or other things like that, which is totally fine, but also just, you know, in moderation. And <clears throat> I know in the past when I was doing social events and stuff like that, it was usually about how, like how, how messed up can you get? How drunk? Oh, can right. You get? Yeah. Right. How high can you get? And now it's like, how deep can we connect? And, <laughs> you know, and how much right. awesome conversation can we have and connection can we make? And one of the best ways to do that is through jamming and just playing music. So my friend invited me over on Saturday to his place and, just one other friend, so three of us. Um, I brought my guitar, my melodica, and uh, we met up at about 3.30 in the afternoon. I didn't leave till 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, my gosh. And we opened up, like, a portal of creativity. It was unbelievable. And so, you know, we started hanging out. We were just chatting for a bit, and then the music starts, and we just start jamming on the guitars, and songs start to come out of us improvisational songs start to come out of us and we just start howling at the lyrics that we're creating because they're hilarious and the night continues more creations more things and then after the like as the music's going ideas for new things start to come through through all of us and we're ta now talking about business ideas we're talking about um more community events that we could create that are um yeah, you know, not like necessarily financially motivated, but just, you know, really trying to connect with more people just out of frequency and, and the, the you know, like-mindedness of everybody and yada, yada, yada. Lots and lots of creations coming out of our, our our brains. And then we even started to feel like some crazy forms of telepathy started to get formed. So, you know, I I would say something out loud and then when my friend would turn to me, he's like, dude, that exact phrase was on the tip of my tongue. I was just about to say it, but you beat me to it. I'm like, I don't even know if that was my thought. So I'm pretty sure I just took your <laughs> telepathic message and just bleh, just set it out. And so we had so many of these 
unbelievable like synchronicities telepathic conversations basically and then channelings and downloads for all these ideas but then each idea would link to the other person's idea so i get i get a channeled idea or a download and then my other friend continues that thought with his download and so on and so forth and that's no wonder why i looked at my clock i'm like oh my god it's two in the morning i might have to go home (laughs) so (laughs) And that was all through the music was the glue. So we would okay. be playing music and we come and then brainstorm playing. And that wasn't our, we, we had no goal. We didn't have like, this was not a business brainstorm meetup. This was just three friends looking to have fun with no agenda, no, you know, set yeah. idea of what we wanted to even do other than have fun yeah. and just mess around. And so that was the glue, you know, the, and play, like you always say, you don't work music, you play music and we played and we got into that playful mindset and, and and we all shared at the end of it too. They're like, my right brain feels so satiated right now because of the improv and all the play and all the fun that we were doing all night. My, my right brain feels probably in a way that I haven't felt since elementary school, because when you're that, when you're that kind of, when you're a kid, everything is play. So you're always in that mode. And then we get taught out of that to be a responsible adult, yeah. you know, and then we lose all of it out of conditioning. And when we have these jams and we, and we just play music with our friends, and this is like one of the main messages I, you know, I really want to convey to our audience here is just like, when you go into something with that play, and again, music is just a wicked avenue for that. You, you open up a part of yourself that likely has been dormant for maybe a long time in your life, or it's a part of you that just gets opened up periodically throughout the year. And when I was experiencing that, I, and we all agreed, we're like, um, you know, maybe every day we should be doing this. And if not every day, at least once a week with friends, like we were gathering to just meet and, you know, create. So, you know, that's like the story of this weekend. And I have a couple of others I'll share, but that was just the first one, Bill. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that, but that it was just like, it was to me so evident that it's the glue, you know, music's the glue and in a social situation, it's just like, it brings, it's, it's, you don't need the drugs or alcohol, although those are fun. And we were smoking a little weed and stuff. We we're having fun there. And, uh, but it wasn't about that. You know, the, the music was what got you so high and yeah. so connected. And I mean, yeah. it's just the best. <laughs> oh, I, I just love this story because, because uh, yes, right? <laughs> yeah. Some of the best times I have every week are when I'm working with other musicians, you know? And it's not like there's, I love how we throw the words. We work with other musicians, but we're playing together the whole time. <laughs> But, uh, you know, isn't that just like the paradox that is the invitation to something more? So I'm I'm thinking, yeah, great hanging with music. But what if you don't have like a musical aptitude that's really great? For example, uh, I know a barbershop quartet. These these cats, they get together and they just sing like spontaneous harmonies together just to play, right? Just to see what can be done. You know, so, so everybody's key of G, right? And then they play with voicings and whatever. So if you're not at that level, it's totally cool because you don't have to be left out, you know, or sitting in the audience. Grab a drum, grab a bucket, you know, and and some drumsticks. You can get a bucket for nothing at Home Depot and drumsticks can come from Amazon for a couple of bucks. And then uh, put on music you love and drum with it. If If that's working for you, get somebody else to do it too. Two of you together. And before long, you've got, you know, not just a drum circle, which is fine, but you don't need like a drum circle facilitator. You need a drum and and do that, you know, with other people. 
actual people in the room, and you'll have the same kind of experience that Chris had. Guarantee. Yeah. I've seen it work over and over. So this is what I this is what we do. People like this, you know, Chris and me, we help people connect on music. That's what we do, and it, it really does work. And it's really not complicated. And just play, right? No, but it but it is actually in a way I would argue complicated for a lot of people because we we again we've been taught out of this idea we've been taught, of play. Yeah. And, it, and literally, I can see a lot of people draw a blank. They're like, yeah. play? <laughs> like, what? what? What do you mean, but play what? Like, play ha- how? How do I play? What do you mean, play? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, define yeah. that for me. I'm sorry, I don't understand. There's you know? a and stick like, for your left hand and a stick yeah. for your right hand. Hold you on to the- <laughs> <laughs> You know, what did you do in the sandbox when you were a kid? Uh, you know, you just, you um, just make things up. You have an imagination and you create and you just create a play situation that you can have fun with and that's why music's so great because it's just it's kind of like a foolproof way of doing it and i should have said you know my two friends um i you know they're not uh, professional musicians and they're both musical as all humans are and you know my one friend he played in like one band in high school as a drummer and that's about it i mean he enjoys drumming but he's got and he's got great natural ability certainly uh, but he's not never would call himself a, a drummer, you know, per se, or, or certainly doesn't work professionally as one. And same with my other friend, he, he's a competent guitar player. Um, but again, just out of a hobby, out of um, a passion, certainly, but not not a professional musician. And we had the best time, you know, and I, I find for myself, although I'm, I love to jam with other musicians, don't get me wrong, um, I seem to be gravitating and just having lots of jams with non-musicians, just, you know, right. um, people that are just passionate about music and love it, but aren't, you know, trained in it like you and me are. And it's beautiful. I I have so much fun. And the things that we create, I love because I also know that I wouldn't create that with other musicians. Nothing wrong with that. It's just, you create differently with different people. Yeah, you create. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to get to. It's different. It's just different. But there's no judgment on the difference. Like it's not good or bad. It's like, it has the results that it has. Yeah. Always magical. Regardless of whether you're, you know, like jamming with the top potential person, whoever is around you in your city, or you're hanging out with friends and beating buckets. I mean, I did this with homeless people, which is why it's so jazz for me. We would have a drum circle every month, just put some tracks on, you know, and and play along. Different rhythms, different speeds, right? Yeah. Oh, man. People loved it. They do. Like everyone loves it. Music, I mean, it's, it's literally universal. I'm sure many advanced species all throughout our galaxy love to jam away i mean look at star wars right they go into the bar and there's like a quartet on stage for like all different species you know elephant beings and mantises and you know i'm sure it's universal um and anyway it's like and 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 i was reminded uh, yesterday as well like i I talked to i had a call with my uncle hadn't spoken to him in almost a year and uh we were just reminiscing of when he came by many years back to record some of his parody songs that he uh, likes to make. Cool. Uh, they're really funny. They're really, really funny. And uh, we recorded them just at my house and it was really fun because it brought him and myself. It was the excuse again, the glue that brought us together a lot more frequently to make, to work on this album. And I would usually see him maybe, maybe once, twice a year, but then on this album, I would see him once a week for, a month and a bit and it was just really nice you know um yeah to have that and so uh, when i was on the phone with him we were just reminiscing of that and then immediately he's like well and i am i'm going back to visit my family in a, in a week and a half for a wedding and stuff like that and i told him and he's like oh my god well maybe we could get a jam in and 
And then, yes, then it was like, yes. get my other uncle. And then he's like, I'll call you. I'll call that uncle and we'll bring him in. And then we'll get everyone a jam. And I'm like, great, let's do it. You know? And, and here we are like, again, re- being able to reconnect. But what was the, what was the foundational thing that we're going to do together? Cause we, you know, people, we all love to sit and chat, but I mean, especially people and I think men in particular, we, we need activity, you know, men, yes. like there's gotta be something. What are we doing? Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. with, with that ma- the masculine doing energy, right? Uh, what are we doing together? And music, what a great, great way uh, and thing to do together with other people. So with my family, it's also the glue. With my friends, it's clearly becoming the glue, yeah. you know, as well. And I'm just, at these these days, I literally have like, I do gratitude in the morning and the evening before bed. And one of the things I'm becoming even more grateful for is literally the phenomenon of, of music. Because I feel like... This year in particular, especially because I'm teaching music again in a very different way, uh, it's brought it's brought me back to just take that full spectrum look at music and and also the impact it's had in my life and how much it's literally like saved my life and and improved my life and enhanced my life and in so many ways. It's just like what a gift! It's such such a gift. You're talking it's and amazing. things are just like going off in my head here. I'll just riff real quick because. Please. You know, Chris and I have been talking about men's stuff, and there's a very interesting men's group thing that Chris is evolving right now. But uh, someone that we were talking to recently, who you probably remember, Garrett Daly, uh, turned me on to a book called Iron John. And Iron John is an ancient, ancient story. The author of Iron John, the book, Robert Bly, takes the Iron John myth and takes it apart and just the whole book is about how what it means basically to be a man in our day and age. Slightly offset because I think it, Iron John was published in like 9091. But here's the point. Uh, Robert Bly is adamant about this that a lot of the initiation rites that exist for men for thousands of years are gone now um, because father grows up, uh, you know, the family is growing up, the father's off at work. He's not around to be in the influence, even if he's in the family. His influence is diminished. It's not like we take our sons and daughters to work with us anymore. So all of those ways that we had for thousands and thousands of years are gone. And the Iron John story or myth is about how we rebuild that stuff, how we rebuild the connections that we need with mentors, with fathers, and how that works, like mythologically. But to boil it all down, there's a vehicle left that we still have that men can use for this purpose. And it's the one you've been talking about, Chris. It's music, right? And sharing music together as guys is a different experience than sharing music, I'm guessing, as women. Because for us, we have an activity that we can do together. We're not just sitting around listening, right? We're, we're playing the music, or we're jogging and running to it, or uh, you know, even if we sit around and listen, we're still doing something else is happening in that, that male creative relationship. You know, and on honoring that in the form that it needs to be honored, it's just so important. So uh, Robert Bly will post it again in the in the show notes, and then the other one is very short, which I was talking to my sister, who's in the Musicomorphic Creators Quest now, and it turns out that everything that she's got as creative intentions in her teaching practice, she teaches music, are the same ones you're talking about right now. <laughs> no coincidence. No coincidence, people. So. Uh, so, I mean, is this timely or what? You well, just have something it, it, in mind honestly, for us. 
It literally is, Bill. I mean, and I'm like, and I'll I'll have more information for probably another episode uh, later on here. But I mean, I'm literally launching new music teaching programs this year. It all came down as like literal downloads in December. Started now starting to work with a business coach to to implement these teachings and these packages to just teach not only the instruments like guitar, piano, vocals. And and for hobbyists or professionals, either yes, or. like yes. if you want to if you want to bring it into your business as like uh, to to write meditation music or breathwork, great. Uh, or you know if you just like my dad or you know want to incorporate music in your life and jam with your buddies on the weekend, then I can help you there. But then the other side of it too is helping people record their music, write their songs, produce their songs, and of course release their songs because we can do all that now. And being able to teach people that is actually bringing me through a, a whole like. Uh, spiritual journey in of itself, right? Because it's like I have to literally go back my entire life and almost re-examine my relationship with music and what it's done for me in these. Because that's what I'm literally telling people in the the pitches of these of these packages and stuff like that. And one of the things too, like as I'm developing these these packages to help people learn music and incorporate it into their life in many positive ways. Like I said, I get all these flashbacks. And one of the things that you were saying, Bill, that also just reminded me of a flashback I've gone recently was, you're right, you know, this, we don't get a rite of passage or a um, vision quest or anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you're Jewish, you still have a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. Uh, even that, I went to a lot of those as a, as a kid because my I was uh, a couple of my best friends were Jewish, so I went to a lot of those, and like they're fine. And there's obviously at, le- at least some form of a, a ceremonial aspect to becoming a man and a woman in those ceremonies. But I mean, my friends that were they didn't know what they were doing, they didn't care. They oh yeah, you're memorized twelve. Who the, knows? You, memorize yeah. the Hebrew or you know sayings, and then immediately forget them afterwards. And you just do what you got to do so you can get your money and, and move on and all that fun stuff and go to the party afterwards and talk yeah. to the girl you wanted to talk to or something. Yeah. Like that's really what your, your concern is of the time. And, but at least there's something, you know, for myself, not being of really any major culture uh, for me, I, I didn't have any of that growing up. So it was the same, same kind of phenomenon where you've, you've completely missed any of these, beautiful ancient practices that we used to all have in terms of initiating yourself into adulthood. Right. Yeah. They're um, passed They aren't passed down anymore. They're right? not, you know, we've lost all of that. And thank God for music, because I would say that was the one major thing I had with both of my parents, especially my dad though. And that's what we would do as a informal ritual. We would never yeah. recall that of course, but like looking back, that's kind of what it was. And we would do it almost every dinner after dinner, Clear the clear the plates, and you play half an hour, maybe an hour of music together. My mom's in the same room. She would read usually or knit, and my dad and me would jam. And we did that my whole life, yeah. my whole life. And that that was beautiful. It was a it was an amazing bonding tool for parents and in the kid or multiple kids. If you got multiple kids, it's an amazing way to bond with all cross generational. Uh, situ- I mean, music is that, it's a fail-proof, really, um, bonding agent. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing this uh, just on a listening basis uh, with, with church, and mm. it's really cool. The people just crave the ability to share one another's music. And just, it's not secular. Uh, it, it, whatever music they want to bring is fine. Right. But there's that longing that's there. And, um, you know, when you get old like me, 
you start to reflect on stuff like what were you doing when you were 12 and you're getting me thinking now i didn't care i mean i didn't know <laughs> you know i could have you know we could have had some crazy initiation ritual and you know run around for two weeks covered in ash or whatever it is they used to do right i wouldn't have known but in the cultures that carry it forward like you with your dad and your family that's so rare that you get to participate in something that was your father's gift you know, and you're doing it together, and he's sharing it with you, and you're learning it. So, if you're listening to this right now, that that means that Chris has got like a leg up on a lot of us who didn't have that because Chris knows father energy. I do. I'm I'm very, and I've always been lucky, and I knew that growing up. But I was also very, very lucky because my parents were still together and actually loved each other, which is a, yeah. sadly a very. Uh, I was in the minority, certainly, of people that got to experience that. And the music was the, you know, my dad when I was like two, three, four years old, I remember I would be taking my bath and he would come into like with the guitar in the bathroom and just serenade me. Yeah. yeah. And like the couple of songs that he knew. And then he would usually make his joke songs where he would then improvise silly toilet humor words. And then of course I loved it. And I would just be giggling in the in the bathtub the whole time. Yeah. And I you know I remember that. Those are really fond memories. And you know, I, I like I love my parents. And yet, yeah, I'm definitely I, I've always known like I've very, very much been a black sheep and very much like on a very different wavelength than everyone in my family. Love them to death, regardless, doesn't matter. But still, recognize that we're on very very different um, frequencies of understanding. And thank you, music, because every time I sometimes feel those more challenging emotions of disconnection, all I got to do pick up an instrument and play with my parents, play with my family, as we do. And I get everyone in my family to play music now at this point. I've, I've conditioned all of them into it now. And we just jam, we play, and it's just it always settles the waters. And it always yeah. just brings us back to that like core like love connection. S don't sweat the small stuff, <laughs> basically. So much to say here. You know, I, I've, I was digging around, found an old article I wrote in 2006. But it turns out that when you make music with people, the tension dissipates. Yes. And this was an article written for a business journal, right? And in it, I'm advocating that at work, what the way to get things done is to play the kazoo more. <laughs> and I'm being serious about this. Because, I know you, you are. Know, right? Yeah. And, um, and dang it, people, it works, right? Yeah. Making music together works. Sing together. That's why I run the sing-along. But you know something, Chris, and, and I don't want to miss how important this is, because your evolution right now as a teacher and what you're doing, all the things you've been talking about doing, I am convinced is, is in a large part because of what your father gave you in that process of making music as you were growing up together. Yeah. And it, it's yeah. more than just being good at playing the piano, right? It's not about Definitely. musical dexterity. There's some other quality there in... And I think your success that I've seen, I've watched this happen. Folks, I've been watching Chris, you know, he's, I think the success you're having here is because people need that. They want that. They're reaching out for that father energy. And uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, you don't know our conversations yet. That's not a sexual thing. That's a, and it's not a patriarchal thing. There's something else no. that's deeper in that, that is a human thing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and guys can't learn it unless they've got a good father. And we either have a good father or we go find a mentor. We figure it out, right? At some father point, figure, you, at a least, father figure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all, the older the people are, the better they understand this. You know, well, there's a reason that old guys teach young. So you've got it. And, and I think that that's part of the wonderful thing that is coming to life in you right now is that 
father is maturing to a place where it's ready to come into the world and and parent other people right in that way that you were parented and that's uh that's amazing man that is just amazing um thanks bill i, I mean i really appreciate that man uh, that means a lot and and you know what it's I'll, I'll, I'll fully receive that because it's been a, it's been a hell of a journey. And I do do feel like the thing that's also got me through this journey has been music at the core of it all. Um, Some of the hardest days, you know, I'll just pour myself into the, the, into my instrument, whatever that might be. And honestly, like, I think just sharing that is also one of the biggest motivators right now, for whatever reason, the stars have aligned that the motivation now and the inspiration for me to do this is very strong uh, and and it is like there is a feels like a tide has shifted in the collective right? consciousness. Yes, and the creative parts of life are now starting to become way more important to people. And and that old paradigm of the arts are an afterthought. You know, creativity is an afterthought. Creativity is only if you got time at the end of your survival, work your life ass off week barely see your friends and family, you know, it's like, no, 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 we are, we are really shifting out of this. Uh, Cause we're still, when you really think about, you know, the working world that we still live in, I mean, that's, we haven't exited the animal kingdom. Yep. If you think about it, the yep. fact that we're still in survival and fight or flight, the majority of people still can't make their rent every month. I mean, that means you're in fight or flight. That means you haven't left the animal kingdom. You're not a sophisticated civilized people. Yep. If you still can't literally survive um, and so again, what are these things that we're, we're needing to lean on right now as we transition into a, a much, much more harmonious reality and like music, honestly, music for me is like, I just lean on that and I can feel so many more people want to bring it into their life again, whether it is purely for the joy of playing music with friends by yourself and to just satisfy that itch you may have had your whole freaking life and never knew that it could be scratched properly. Um, and now all of a sudden there's a light bulb going on for you or you're you know in some pathway in your life in business and you've always just wanted to incorporate music into that business. For me, it comes a lot with friends that are practitioners, whether it's meditations or breath work or hypnosis, uh, tracks for their for clients things like that i know a lot of those people still they really want to create something musical and and sonic that's unique to them you know they don't just want to hire me to write it every time you know they want to write it they want to create it they want to bring it into their business because it's so much better you know like so much right you know i don't care that you're not going to hire me to write that anymore first of all i'll still teach you to do it so there's there's still a gig economy exchange there but also more importantly it's like this is all about everyone else getting to bring music into their life in a far more tangible way and look we got the tech for it now like as you know bill it's yeah never been easier to create so, music yeah right on your phone on your tablet it doesn't matter anymore so there's just no holding back no excuses and i think people are sensing that i don't, I don't know what have you felt on your end i feel like there's been a bit of a shift oh there's a shift uh you know i'm a i probably shouldn't spend as much time on linkedin as i do but there are two things that happened on linkedin last week there's a study in the UK, and it's kind of an old study. I mean, might be pre-COVID, but they wanted to investigate wellness at work, right? And how are the programs working? How are the apps like Calm? How is the Calm app working? How is the other the programs, the workshops, the all you know, the resilience, the authenticity, all the buzzword stuff? How's that working? And basically, they found out that it wasn't. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's not having yeah. the effect. People still feel 
you know, as bad as before the intervention. So uh, the study didn't go out and study any of this because there weren't any programs around that they could look at. But what they have decided based on what they observed is that what matters is human-to-human connection. Wellness doesn't happen unless you're connected to humans. And this is the conclusion they had to draw because the one thing that was working for wellness at work was when employees volunteer outside of work, right? They, they create a real genuine human connection, whether they're serving food in a line, whether they're helping pack boxes, whether they're door-to-dooring or working at some level of expertise, right? It's the human thing that works. Okay, so that's nice. Given the fact that music is the only art form that one can do as a community, what are we waiting for, right? AI is going to take over the nine to five pretty soon. We'll all, that we won't have anything to do. All our skill sets will be like you know done by the machine. What's left? Well, Creativity. human to human, right? Yeah, right. And maybe Google was right. Maybe having you know coffee shops in every you know fourth building or something, whatever they you don't know, sleeping or whatever that is. But you know, it's about creating the the human to human culture and. You know, that silly series, Silicon Valley. It's it's very much about human-to-human stuff and very little about tech. It just shows the value of having that connection. They haven't done anything with music yet, but I'm not too far into the series. I mean, I'm sure they will. They got to. Uh, they have to. But I agree, you know, it's funny. We get so ahead of ourselves with tech, with technology, and yet, what do we come back to? Something that has been the same since the emergence of our species. Banging on skins. You know, and connection, community, and connection. you know, yeah. literally would mean survival back in those days. If you're not accepted by your community or you don't have one, then you're probably not going to live very long. Um, so that really comes down to like even basic survival needs. And now that we don't necessarily... Well, we still are surviving, like I was mentioning before, which is a bit of an illusion. I think we still, you know, need to recognize that we are yeah. <laughs> still a lot of ways to go. If we want to consider ourselves sophisticated, you know, no one should have to even think twice about where they're, what they're going to eat or how they're going to pay to eat something. I just don't. It just seems, to me, it just seems right? so primitive. I'm like, how on earth can we consider ourselves advanced? And you know, that's, we still that's haven't not, beaten that. That's not a political thing. It's not like socialism. We're not talking no, about that. We're talking about a community that cares for itself, like a self-sustaining community, right? Yeah. That's what's needed here. And we can't really do that. Or or maybe, you know, maybe you said there's a shift. Maybe the shift is that we're finally realizing that even though, you know, 1% of the people in the world own 60% of the wealth, it's not leveraging anything in the world when that model exists. Not that people shouldn't be wealthy. Everybody should be wealthy. But when you when the money stops flowing... The good stops growing. And, you know, we got to yeah. get back to a place where we're able to have good flow together. And maybe dumping the currency is one way to do it or picking an alternative currency. You know, there's lots of that out there right now, too. It's a whole different subject. But, you know, when you, when you exchange human energy with your friends, with your peers, uh, stuff happens that yeah. I mean, doesn't I, have I tr- a monetary value, right? No, I, and and so one of the downloads we had on the on the weekend, we uh, we came up with this idea for um, like a uh, contribution based community. Uh, still working out the exact details here, but it was a massive channel that came through, and we called it 
Um, oh, free! It was a silly term that we just kept coming through to us was free of charge homies. Free of charge homies. So it's not, it's like hanging out. And we found a lot too, with uh, certainly in the entrepreneur groups, sometimes people get together, but then the business side kicks in and everyone's trying to sell each other stuff. And it, yeah. it kind of kills that free community feeling. You can yep. go to networking events. That's beautiful. That's fine. You can sell your business. That's beautiful. That's fine. However, we need other uh, events and, and get togethers that are just like, hey, you want to hang out? Great. That's all that's required. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you don't that's have to the sell point. anything and you don't have to be anything. You can just be yourself and show up and connect with others. And one of the downloads we had when like that was one of the downloads was like this free of charge homies, free of charge friends, friends that don't, you don't have to sell them anything to become yeah, yeah. their friend or forget selling. You don't have to be any particular person. Well, I can't be friends with them because I'm not cool enough. It's like, well, those are not your friends then. You know, and so we're trying to create more of that energy in this year where it's like coming back to frequency. It's like you are accepted exactly however you are. And if we want to do business, great. We can talk about that outside of this event. But right now it's connected as human beings because that's not as common as we might think out there. There's a lot of weird transactional relationships that aren't even necessarily acknowledged because we're so used to yeah. dealing with things this way. The other thing that came through, though, when we were talking was exactly what you're alluding to, Bill, which was these self-sustaining communities, I personally feel like that is the most powerful thing that any of us can now do to is to exit the system. You know, we're, I'm not going to, I don't, I can't compete with Bill Gates. I can't compete with the Zuckerbergs. I can't compete with Google. I don't want to, I can get my friends together and go off and form my own community that doesn't need them anymore. Yep. And that is the most powerful thing I think any of us can do is just straight up exit because it's the most peaceful, nonviolent and most effective way we can completely bring in our own freedom and have these amazing, beautiful community experiences every day, all the time. It's going to become normal and way better, way and, more fun. Yeah, completely way more. <laughs> the, I don't know if sociologists agree with me about this or not, but you can really only influence one other person at the end of the day. I mean, you can have a relationship but your relationship, because of the way we're wired, is one-to-one. Polyamory people don't hate on me. But each of those relationships is unique and, and beautiful and is a place to play and experiment and whatever that is. And doing that well changes all of the other relationships that you have. Because when you realize that you can do this thing, let's say you and I are talking about the thing we do in music, right? You can have a relationship there that's special, that's different, that's unique, that's powerful, that's full of energy and doesn't drain anybody and is a complete you know, reciprocity and all, all of those good things. Once you realize you can do that, you decide that you want other relationships like that and that the old-fashioned ones don't work anymore. So... You start to make those new relationships one at a time. You make new relationship, and everything changes. You know, but it's one it's one at a time work and uh, or one at a time play. I guess is a good way of looking at it. And you're so right about this, Chris. Because do we need it? Right? Do we need it? People are people are hungry for that. That other LinkedIn study I that so. I didn't mention is the 1.9 trillion dollar hole that is being blown in productivity by what they call employee unease. <laughs> What's that? A term I haven't heard before. So if you're feeling uneasy and uncertain and everything else that starts with un right now, let me give you Chris's number. 
right? Like I'm like right? that applies like, to everyone. <laughs> yes, I, seriously. People, niche down, Bill. Niche down. That's what you're hurting. Yes. What niche are you in? Well, you know, some of them are veterans, and some of them are office workers. Some of them are CEOs, and some of them are all hurting. We share hurt in common. So what's what's the niche you want me to do here? <laughs> right. That's we crazy. bring all of us into a into a room and play drums together. Right. The niche is wellness. The, the niche is healing. Yeah. I mean, these, these corporate environments could certainly use it. I have a friend that does corporate yoga and I know that's a little different, but even just that he's a, he mus- he's a musician. So he loves, he loves to incorporate a lot of song and singing in his yoga flows, which Beautiful. I love. Oh yeah. yeah he's, it's, he's just, he's really, uh, really gifted in that. And so he does these corporate yoga things and it's really funny because the CEO of the, um, and, and my friend's quite outspoken about a lot of uh, different issues and just like very open-minded, very progressive in, Good. well, all those words mean so many things nowadays. But oh, I know, all, but all I'm I know what you mean. Like, he's you he's know not I mean. like politically crazy liberal. He's thinking about progress in a way that is enlightened. Correct. There we go. Correct. Just so we know. <laughs> Thank you. That was a beautiful uh, definition, actually, Bill. Thank you for that. Um, and so the guy, the CEO that brings him in, quite a large, I don't know what the company is, doesn't really matter, it's just a big corporate company. Uh, and the CEO that brings him in is completely on the page, you know, you and myself and probably a lot of our listeners are. And he gets it, he knows, he's like, look, you know, I get the importance and I'm still a business owner and I, you know, I got to make money and my shareholders are, you know, still that that's the old model of the corporate, you know, modality is your shareholders are always the most important thing. Uh, everything else is secondary, meaning profit always number one. And he was sharing with my friend that profits increase when these wellness devices are being implemented into the corporation, meaning uh, weekly corporate yoga, weekly sound baths, I believe he's doing as well, which good, I'm trying good. to get into that with him. And uh, yeah. Notice he, the human he, factor there. Like you've got a yoga teacher in the room with yoga people yes you know you've got to be in the room with human beings not on your phone with an app it doesn't work that way you know there's lots of great stuff with the remote things don't get me wrong um i I love how it's opened up a lot of things i'm the first to admit that and you're never going to replace in person you're never going to replace the magic that gets created there um it's not a better or worse it's just now an an and right and and. we need and we need in person i see it as a spectrum you know there's people who can respond to an app really well yeah, and there's people who have had it. They're they're done with the apps. They need the in the they need the in person, right? Somewhere, and it doesn't mean that any of that is right or wrong. It's just that there's all these things that are available for you, whatever level you're at. You know, wherever exactly. you want to touch the stone, the stone's ready to receive it. Yeah, right, exactly, and that's what I think we're seeing. I think that's kind of the thing I keep coming back to now is that this is. Um, it's a new time. I feel that people are, are actually really understanding the value of the arts in a new way and, and music and these yeah. wellness and, and alternative modalities because, well, you know, the old stuff ain't working anymore anyway. Um, and it just feels better. I think people are recognizing that these are the things that actually are really important, not only to your happiness, but to your health and to your success. You know, that's what this guy was mentioning at this corporation was that he is more successful for implementing these beautiful modalities. Like they're, yeah. they're not just a really nice thing to do for your employees. It literally will yield abundance for yourself, for your company, whatever that is. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. What do you want? A bunch of uneasy employees or a bunch of employees who are altruistic and wealthy minded and abundant minded, right? I'd rather have the group of wealthy minded people, you know, working yeah. for me or working with me. We'll do great. I'd rather work for, work for them. Hey, 
<laughs> well, and, and I think in a healthy work situation, that is the idea. It's like, just because you're the yeah. boss, I mean, you're, I mean, I've, I've managed people before and I'm like, God, you know, they're just like, they're equally as important to this business as I am. I need them as much as they need me right now. If they're not like, we, we need each other. This is a very symbiotic uh, experience. And, and, and I think that's, again, another thing that's shifting in the corporate world. Oh, definitely. I don't. I don't feel that. I certainly wouldn't know it because I'm never in it. But yeah, well, I try to stay as far away as I can. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but you know what? You're you're so right because here we are in this wonderful moment where companies like Apple and Amazon and Google all grew up in the in the corporate model, right? In the old way of doing. They're like the pinnacle of that. Yeah, that's our Venice, right? So now it all has to change. You know, I have to burn it all down, mm-hmm. and. Who knows how that's going to happen, but here we are, like all of us right now listening to this, or listening back on it hundreds of years from now, <laughs> right? We recognize we're in this moment, and that, I think, that recognition, Chris, is powerful. It's like knowing that we are here, that we don't know where we're going, that we have some ideas about what works, and we're just going to hang on to the stuff that works right now without worrying too much about the destruction of, you know, Google and Apple and, and it, it'll happen, right? When Apple buys Disney and oh, the yeah. whole thing goes belly up when nobody wants to watch, you know, movie content on their iPhones anymore. Hundreds of years from now, <laughs> who cares? Right. No, I mean, or, or less, you know, I never know. Right. Or less. We're I changing mean, pretty fast. It's, it's really happening in a beautiful way too. Um, this, the impetus that we all have to connect more, uh, in a more well way, in a more graceful way, a more what is the what is the word we want? A more organic. I mean, there's so many words, but yeah, authentic, organic, authentic, you know, all the buzzwords. Meaning, yeah, fill in the blank with whatever word. But that yeah. impetus is so powerful, and it's happening in so many ways. Like at at work with the psilocybin, with, with all the psychedelic sort of retreats that have exploded, mm-hmm. with music and how people are in, you know small venues and jam sessions and open mics and and the kinds of stuff that you're doing within the men's group environment to move it on. This is so incredible. You know, I don't know if there's been a time in history where the, we've seen this kind of potential. It's going to take years before they look back and say, oh, there was Chris doing that thing, right? right, right. Back the, but who cares if anybody recognizes? If you're in it and you're doing it, you'll know. Right? And it's less about that ego, right? I think in the past, that's oh, yeah, the ego. The, who cares? A lot of the motivation was ego, right? It is a, yeah. it, That was the whole thing. And like, Power. in the U.S. was like, how can you rise to the top, you know, and be the greatest that you're meant to be and better than the rest, better than the rest, always at the top, always, you know, better, it's always this superiority goal, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why uh, Robert Bly wrote Iron John, because he was worried about that in the 90s. <laughs> well, because that rhetoric's been happening since the 30s. And oh, yeah, with the Industrial then, Revolution, yeah. Right? And so, I mean, pretty much since the inception of the U.S., and Starting, I think, with when the U.S. was first founded, I think there was like solid reasoning for those those ideals, and just obviously over hundreds of years, they've morphed or evolved, become corporatized, and and everything like that, right? Um, And so, anyway, without getting too into the history of it all, it's I think you're absolutely right. We're in a point in history that is brand new, um, never before experienced in all of you. And I, you know, I'm coming at that from my ancient mysteries on Earth perspective. Right. Knowing, yes, there you go. Right. You know, knowing that we've gone through cycles of of high levels of civilization throughout human history, and even still taking in these ideas of mythological places like Atlantis and everything like that, I would still say we've never been at this point in our history before. I really do feel like this is a a golden opportunity 
uh, for growth and expansion in a way that we've never seen before. And the fact that we have things like the internet to at least stay connected, like we are literally right now, creating podcasts, creating content like this that can help uplift and, and enlighten and, and just, you know, wake and wake up other people, you know, not just in that sense of like, awaken to the, how awesome things are right now and how amazing. I mean, it might look like absolute chaos on the surface, but those are growing pains because we're moving through a massive collective shift. And you know what? Thank God. Because I don't want to be where we used to be. No, no, we're done. I mean, it's we've seen it, right? Look around. I'm done the with new it. way to profit is not the same as the old way to profit. You know, we, we've been, no. been there, done that. And it's tough to be living at this moment, but it's also cool to be living at this moment. And I, I'm using that in the in the sense, the classic sense, right, of acknowledging both things rather yeah. than saying and. Yeah. Because there's a there's such a huge difference that's such a beautiful difference. And the clearer we get about where we've been and why we need to stop doing that now. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity we have to go forward, it's it's hard, you know. Releasing all that is hard. It, it hurts. And it's a good thing to do that hurt because that's how we grow. Right. And right. what's a great tool when you're going through all the hurt, you know? Hello, music. <laughs> Little music, please. Just a little music. Just a little music. <laughs> you know, intelligently implied or uh, just desperately grabbed onto. Like, I need that song. Oh, yeah. You know? Who cares at the end of the day, right? Just yeah. listen to something. It's, you know, we've had those moments, right? Where the song is everything and it's just nobody else can can do it. Like when Notre Dame burned and the Parisians just went out and sang. What can you do? Oh, wasn't that just, just gives you goosebumps, you right? know? Oh, whew, just literally right now. Signs of our times blowing off the roof of the church. Talk about a metaphor. Symbolic. There's a whole conversation. But, you know, if you look around just a little, just a little outside the box, you know, the comfortable place where we all grew up, it's rich out there. And, you know, I, I'm encouraged because, you know, ancient mysteries on earth, we go back a long time and all of that sort of corporate history is collected in our DNA that we've inherited from everybody before us and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I had to get my yada, yada, yada in there in response to yours. So we've got the tools, right? We can do this. Provided we're willing to let go of our, our belief systems, our preconceptions, and open up to what's possible. I love that. Maybe uh, on a, a more closing note, Bill, we could give some maybe one takeaway to our audience of what is what's I got mine in my head right now. So, what's one of your favorite ways to connect with music? Maybe let's say without without actually playing music. Let's say let's so let's say for not the non musicians listening, other than picking up an instrument and jing and doing all that musical stuff. What are other ways that you know that are just so fun for you to connect with music? You know, when I'm feeling something I don't want to feel, to me, that's a challenge to lean in. Um, and, and I don't like leaning into feelings. So get me wrong. Anger, fear, grief, whatever. There's like some pretty desperate things. But you don't have to, you know, you don't have to take yourself to the brink. But one way of leaning in is to find music that matches your mood at that moment. So if you're feeling a thing, like search around in your memory, maybe you'll get out your flat thing and start to, oh yeah, I can remember, uh, and, and you'll find the song. And when it hits, like when you find that song and actually listen to it, 
everything sort of comes into focus and the hurt starts, you know, decreasing and the, you know, coming back to balance sort of feels possible again and, and just stay with it. But that simple act of finding a mu finding a music that keeps you leaning in, uh, I find is so powerful. You know, and I could probably make it up or what I could sit down, but you know, you're, you're talking about doing this where you have no music, even if it's in your memory and you can remember it. Like, who is the, remember the Olympics that were held in Canada? Yeah. Um, the, like maybe there was a closing ceremony. Um, what's her name? Sang Alleluia. And it just created this moment. Uh, Leonard Cohen's Alleluia. Katie yeah. Lang. Katie Lang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she created this musical moment that stuck with me since I first saw it, right? Wow. And if I'm ever in an Alleluia place, I've got that memory. And I just lean in on whatever it is that's, you know, that's hurting. And if I call up something like Alleluia, often it just tracks right in there and it just gives me the release I need to, to move through it. Mm. What about you? Oh, I love that, Bill. Thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, I love that. Um, for mine, it's similar. Uh, and I would just, so I've, I've been getting, um, I've done this my whole life, of course, but I, I kind of come, came back to it more consciously recently, which is, um, just conscious singing, singing to specific songs. So I guess, you know, I may have, um, I guess this is an instrument, so I'm breaking my own rules here a little bit, but I use the voice because it really is that instrument that we all have. And you do not need to sing on pitch. I'm not talking at all about properly singing anything here. I'm just find that song that feels so good to belt. Like, you know, those songs that you're just like, yeah. shower songs or convertible right? songs. Exactly. Like, yeah. Shower songs. And so this was what I, I was, um, gotten really back into Andrea Bocelli and I'm just, I'm, I'm just in yeah. love with Italian music right now. And I'm feeling my spring. It seems usually springtime is when I get this pull to go to Italy and uh, connect with my maybe galactic ancestors or something because I'm not Italian, but I feel so, you know, connected to that part of the world. And anyway, so I've been listening to him. His most famous one usually is like the Conto Partiro. That was a yeah. horrible pronunciation. I'm sorry. Time to, to say friends. goodbye. Yeah, brothers and sisters. But it's one of my favorite songs. And so I would put that on in the car driving you know, out of the city. And <laughs> I'm just... I get goosebumps. It's one of those songs, right? Like your body tells you you're hitting it right when you get the goosebumps. If you're getting those chills or those yeah. goosebumps, you're like, whoo, like a shiver yeah. going through your body. You got Good it. sign. That's your body telling you that you got, you got magic right now. This is a magical song for you. So play that magical song. Your body will tell you which one. And you'll probably know, you know, you, you all know those songs that just like hit you. And that, that move you, that make you yeah. like, when I hear that song, I can't not sing. Like I have to sing. When I hear this amazing Italian operatic singer just, you know, just like, ah, oh, yeah. I got to I got to release that with him. And uh, it was just so I'll crank that sometimes play it several times in the car. I have a singing playlist on Spotify as well. So any again, just pr practical, pragmatic things for our audience to take uh, take away, create, create a playlist like like what Bill's so good at create these playlists for all these aspects of your life. And for me, I, I literally call it sing along and it's my sing along playlist. And when I'm in the shower, I'll throw it on and put on random and see what songs come up for me in the shower that I'll sing to as well. And 
it feels so freaking good. And I've, 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 I've subjected uh, many of my friends to this when they're in the car with me <laughs> and they, and they have a blast. Like, I know, I know they're having a good time. Cause I'm like, we're cranking it. I'm not going to talk to you right now. We're, we're putting the song on and you're going to sing whether you, <laughs> you like to or not. Will you share it? Can I share it in the show notes? Of course. Yeah, oh, cool. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Drop a link on me and we'll get that out there. Um, yeah. I'll send you that playlist, uh, my sing along playlist and, or, the which has got Andrea Pertelli and, and some other random. Oh songs. man, you, you reminded me because of course we're talking fathers and stuff. But have you seen the video where Andrea Bocelli and his son sing together? Isn't that beautiful? Oh man, oh, God, my heart. <laughs> yeah, I know they have the whole. They have a great cinematographer. They have oh. a great director. Yeah, I think he's got a Christmas album with his son on the cover, and maybe his son's son, maybe his grandson. I think. Wow. It's like a whole family thing, and you're like, I know it's cheese ball, but I, it's so beautiful. Oh man, it's, <laughs> it's Andrea so, Bocelli. I know. You know it's that yeah. music. It's like Puccini, right? It's still living. Yeah. Oh, it's just, and the passion. It's just like you can't fake that. I that passion. It's just oh, it's so good. It's okay, so there's music. your there's your assignment, <laughs> li- listeners: is go out there and find ways to not fake the passion. Yeah. Don't fake the passion. Well, fake, there's a positive way of saying that, but anyway, just. Just feel it. You'll know Just it. Feel it. You'll know it. You'll, what's you'll what's the it. poet say? Uh, David White. Anything or anyone who is too small for you, or who who doesn't. Oh, I got to get this right. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Something it, profound. Yeah. The instruction is to just not hang with people who don't light you up. Right. Right. Exactly. Anyone or anything that does not bring you alive is too small for you. It's not a diss. It's like, know yourself, right? And find the people that bring you alive. The people that will actually want to jam with you or whatever, right? And uh, that's, yeah, it's so important. That was one really amazing exercise, one of many that my uh, business coach actually gave me for the start of the new year. And he's like, draw three circles. And your inner circle is literally your inner circle of the people in your life that you consider in your inner circle. And then you've got your middle circle, which are maybe business partnerships and people that are just not quite in there. Nothing against that either. They can be beautiful people, but just they're not quite in that core group. Right. Yeah. In that periphery middle. And then there's your outside of acquaintances, but still, again, meaningful connections. They're not like they're bad. It's just people you don't see as often or connect right. with as, as often. Not as close. And he's like, look at all those people in those different circles and see if you want to move any of those. Like, for example, you kind of naturally, I, I had two f- friends of mine that I, I couldn't honestly say that they're in my inner circle. But when I checked with myself, I was like, but I kind of want them in my inner circle. I just haven't established yeah. that relationship with Bring them yet. In. And so these were one of those was the, per, like one of those was the person I saw this last weekend. And we've been intentionally trying to hang out more because I literally said that to him. I was like, look, this is something, one of the intentions for my years to establish deeper connection with the people that matter to me that light me up. And, you know, this friend of mine is one of those. So I told him and he's like, me too. Let's try to hang out more. Let's hang you know? out. Right. And so like, that's another conscious, practical, pragmatic way that you can take stock of the people in your life because the people ultimately reflect everything else in your life. Let's be honest. Right. Like who, yeah. there's some famous people that say like, um, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most, you know, in your, in your weekly day-to-day life, who are those people, you know? And just to be conscious of it doesn't mean you have to shift your entire Rolodex of right. People. Right. It's not an action item. It's a, no, it's awareness. a awareness. And though for me, like I just said, that awareness was beautiful because it realized that, 
oh, you know what? I, I want to get more intentional with some of these friends this year. So I'm going to pull them into my inner circle, you know, consensually. <laughs> right. right. And, and see if that resonates with them. And if it does, then beautiful, because I've, I've now consciously gone to deepen, uh, like we're saying right now, it's never been more needed and, and looked and sought after is human connection and community. Right. Yeah. So just take the healthy stock kind. Everybody. The, 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 the healthy durable, kind. self-sustaining kind. Yes. Not exactly. the crazy sexual or the, the greedy codependent one or the codependent kind, but the, the human kind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Authentic, organic. Brothers, sisters. Exactly. Your Bros. soul family, as I call it. Your soul family, your soul, your soul tribe. Family. That's the it. People that literally light up your soul when you're with them. It's that part of your being that's just like, oh my God, I love you. I've known you forever, even though we just met. <laughs> yep. Yep. I've, I've just found the title for this episode. Welcome to the soul family. Hey, that's a good one. That's <laughs> uh, all you. All you. Uh, Brother, thank everybody. you for this, man. This, this, thank you, Bill. I, I love that, you know, we do these on Mondays, if you're, whenever you consume them. We record on Mondays. And Mondays are so great. So this year we've switched to Tuesdays. And guess what? It's still great. <laughs> I've got, you know, I can, I know I can get through two days of the week because I spent all Monday looking forward to this. Right. Mm, likewise. Yeah. And so I love it. I'm so glad. And this is again, like us just following passion, yeah. following, you know, again, like our, our souls light each other up and that's why we continue to do this, this podcast, you know? Amen. So I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you so much. And thank you, of course, to all of our listeners and viewers. Thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode so many more to come, of course, but uh, let us know. Get, drop us a comment. Get, drop us a like and let me know. Let us know how you're doing in this whole life on planet Earth. And yeah, really uh, like have you found ways to, to, to use music to, to, to ease the growing pains of being a human being right now on planet Earth? How, how have you been handling it, everyone? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Well said, brother. Oh, man. Thank you. Well, thank you. We'll we'll see you guys in the next episode. And Bill, thanks again as always, my friend. It's a pleasure. Right, you bet, Chris. Much love. Much love, everyone. Aho. Aho.